They say that video is the future of social media and the internet. Well, it seems to be that actually video is the present. So how do you get good at it? What are some of the things that you need to do? And if you've got a video business, how do you make it successful in a time where technology and the equipment is really very affordable? Well, today's guest knows exactly how. Welcome to the Get More Success Show. He's a guy who never measured a man's success by the size of his wife. It's showtime. 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 And now, here is your host, Warwick Mary. Welcome back to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I'm your host, Warwick Mary. Now, today, and I've got to tell you, we've already been geeking out, talking about gadgets and all the fun stuff. I have with me uh, a man who is surrounded by gadgets, be that typically video and audio, and has spent over 20 years doing cameraman work and, and, and audio recording work and basically corporate uh, videos and now getting into marketing video. The author of the book, Shoot Me Now, which is a heck of a title, but it's all about video and nothing further. Please welcome to the show, Jeff Anderson. Jeff, welcome to the show. Pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much, Warwick. Pleasure to be here. I feel like I've got more success already just being on your show. <laughs> if only that were true. If only that were true. Hey, Jeff. Well, I feel it. So. I start a feature episode with uh, the same question to all of my guests, and that is, how do you define success? It's a great question, Warwick. Uh, look, I think for me, it's having your life in balance is really important for me. So I think uh, success for me is when you get your life in balance with your, your work, your family, your money, your, your um, exercise, your health, your, your, uh, your uh, recreation, all that, and your friends. And at the same time, accepting that it's never going to be in balance. <laughs> that was it's my- kind of like... I've always yeah, been a believer that a balanced life in, and a, you know, is a myth. It doesn't exist. It's a seesaw. At some stage, something's got to give to pay for the other, and you just you're just forever adjusting. So I was going to ask you about that. So let let me ask a bit more detail. What are some of the things that you do to try and keep your life in balance? Well, I think you know the business has got to be it's got to be going. Uh, you know, I've recently got married again. I enjoyed it so much the first time. I decided to do it again. Oh, I'm and, a big uh, believer in a couple of marriages. <laughs> And and I'm really in, you know I'm, I'm very much in love and happy with that. Um, and you know I've got I've got teenage kids, which um, is why I, I go to work and uh, try to <laughs> pay for their, their schooling, but also you've got to uh, feed them and get a break. Uh, so you know and um, yeah, and catching up with friends, you know. So what I find is you know when something's going really well, you start to realise okay that's working. So. Uh, then you then you recognise there's actually a bit of a, a gap somewhere else that needs a bit more energy, a bit more attention. So then you go and focus on that, and then you realise, oh, okay, I've got to go and juggle this ball now. And so it's it's constantly moving around. But you know, I think another thing that I think is really important is enjoying the ride. I see a lot of people who uh, want to be successful and they work their butts off for their most of their life, and then they retire and die. And it's like, what was the point? And so for me, it's about smelling the roses along the way, enjoying the ride, perhaps. Uh, you know, not growing as big as you can because you want to have fun, you know, getting there. It's really Which there, I guess, is, is the, uh, the tombstone at the end of it. Yeah, yeah. I, I heard Jeff Kennett say once at a Beyond Blue function, uh, and for those of you unaware, Beyond Blue is, uh, deals with depression and people suffering from depression issues. And he said one of the biggest killers in Australia is uh, retirement. And this is particularly true for men because they throw themselves into their work 
And then once they retire, they have no self-identity. Their partner's like, I don't want you around the house. I had everything sorted until you started trying to help fix things that don't need fixing. They don't really have that many friends. They only had work colleagues. They don't have a hobby. They don't have anything else. And so there's nothing to do. And they just, within two years, they sort of die. And that doesn't happen to everyone, but it's the instances that are quite significant. My dad did a great job of retiring. He took about 20 years to retire. So he was, he was an eye doctor and every, every year or every couple of years, he'd chip away half a day of work and then play a little bit more golf. So it was over 20 years. He just kept chipping away and eventually ended up doing like half a day every fortnight. Um, and it was such a, you know, a very gradual way. And I thought that's, that's a you know, classic way of how you should do it. Yeah. That's you know, and, and, and balanced up other areas as he went. Well, cause I'm assuming you love shooting video, yeah? Uh, look, I love, uh, I love the video production process. So I'm, I'm not just a cameraman. I'm very much a producer is how I describe myself. Right. Um, and it's very much about that whole creative process, working with the clients, dealing with their limitations, whether it's the construction of their corporate structure and you know, how far you can push a, a message or whatever, or their budget and coming up with creative solutions to get their message across in an engaging way. So you're, you're the kind of guy who's never going to retire. Yeah. You're always going to do something. You'll dabble, even if it's just doing um, videos and stuff for friends, you know, because there's a lot of people I know, like, and I'm, I'm one of them. It's like, I can't imagine doing nothing. I, I can always imagine hosting events or hosting something, even if it's a pro bono kind of thing as I get older. Um, so I would, the same would be said for you. Yeah. You'll always be dabbling around with gadgets, et cetera. I, like, I, do, I do love my gadgets. I lo- always love to argue with people about um, Samsung being better than Apple. Um, and also, um, but for me, it's also the creative process. So it's very much the writing is something I, I really enjoy. So, you know, at the moment, I've been, I've, over Christmas, I download, I, I subscribe to those masterclasses you see online where you can learn to yes. write like James Patterson and stuff. Yes. And I've been, I've been you know, thinking, oh, maybe I should write a novel. You know, I've written a book. I've got an, I'm in the process of writing a second book. Um, that's, that's called watch me now. It's about how to leverage your videos. Yeah. And, um, so, uh, yeah. So, you know, I think there'll always be something I'll be doing something creative that I want to, you know, dabble with. So it may not necessarily be filming, but it may be, you know, the creative uh, writing process is something I'm really drawn to as well. Yeah. Hey, there's a huge amount of talk on social media, particularly amongst entrepreneurs and business people about the importance of video. So while I got you here, I want to ask you a couple of questions about that. Is video as important as people say it is, like particularly as for small to medium businesses to be shooting, you know, a two-minute video a day on their phone and uploading it and sharing it to the world? Video is really powerful. And, and it's interesting talking to my clients where they're, they're actually selling the benefits of video to me when they talk about it because they see how it, how it transforms their business, how it converts for them. Uh, and it's things like building reports about – uh, getting a message really clear, getting it across really quickly um, and engaging your audience in a way that you can't do just with photos or just with text. You know, it really does take people to a place, to an emotion, which is really where video has the real power. What about the concept of too much video? Because there's some people, I've seen some videos and I'm like, well, that's a waste of time. Do some people have just gone, video's the world and I've got to shoot videos of everything I do. Here's me having a sandwich. Here's me going to the street. Here's me driving my car. Like, and where's the boundary between the right amount of video and too much video? Look, I think it comes down to your brand. Um, I know one particular chap, and you probably do too, because everybody seems to know him on social media. He's a, he's a friend of mine. And um, he posts three videos a day. 
And so my Facebook feed is, is filled with, with Edward popping up, uh, giving me the latest tips on marketing, which is, which is great, but that's very much um, in line with his brand. You know, this guy is in your face and he's, he's walking the talk. So it's like, well, look, you know, this guy is saying, this is what I do. And he's, I've had a great uh, chat with him for my new book about how it's working for him. So for him, he's saying, this is a no-brainer for me. I spend about 10 minutes um, per video, so it's half an hour a day. But I'm getting like, you know, $5,000 of business a month from it. So for me, yeah, I, I'm happy to do this, you know. So it, you with... What's really important is you need to be tracking it. You need to be measuring it. You need to be able to see, okay, what am I actually trying to achieve here? And I do see some people say, they come to me and they say, oh, I want to make a video. And you go, well, okay, why? And they go, oh, well, I want a video. <laughs> yes, but what are you actually trying to achieve? Oh, then I'll have a video. And it's like, no, no, we need to go back here a few steps. And so when you unpack it and find out, look, what's, and, and people need to be clear on what are they actually trying to achieve? What's the, what's the metric that you want to measure? Is it somebody clicking on a website? Is it somebody picking up the phone? Is it somebody attending an event? Is it somebody donating money? You know, what do you actually want to achieve from it? That gives you clarity about the whole process from the beginning. And then you can, can keep track of it and see if is it working or not. So it depends on what you're trying to achieve as to, you know, whether or not it's So it sounds like it's the same with, with nearly any form of marketing or, or, uh, uh, um, uh, I was going to say propaganda, but what I mean, like, <laughs> any of the, the marketing collateral that you've got is there has to be a strategy. And without the strategy, it's just yet another bit of noise. Hmm. Absolutely. And, and I think um, if I could pivot a little bit, that's where I've seen my business transform a lot lately because I have um, have a lot more clarity now for what I'm trying to achieve and who I'm trying to talk to. And it's meant that I'm um, not wasting my time on all sorts of different activities, which keep me busy and maybe put me out there on social media, but aren't actually going to generate the, the sort of clientele that I'm after. So you and I were having a chat beforehand and uh, you were talking about one of the things that's been uh, the most successful steps for your business is to really niche down to a particular target market. Um, so I'm interested in why you chose that target market, but other people, you know, people say, and you hear it's standard advice out there. You want to go, you know, an inch wide, a mile deep. But that can be really scary because you basically you start saying no to to other work and you're really focusing down. How hard was it for you to niche down? Did you choose the niche or did it choose you? Well, firstly, I just want to pick pull you up on something there. You said you say no to other work, and that's not actually true. You don't say no to other work. Other work comes to you and you say yes to it as well. So and that's where I think people get worried about, oh, if I niche into this market, I'm going to lose all these other opportunities. You don't have to say no to the other opportunities. What happens is you've just got so much more clarity on where you're marketing to and who you're talking to. And that's where you put your energy to and that's where you're getting great results. But I, So I'm, I'm working a lot with private school sectors. So, And that's worked really well for me. The reason why I chose them um, was because I started sending my kids to private schools and I got a bill for the fees and I did a quick back of the coaster calculation. I realized just how big these organizations were. Um, but I'd also had done work with private schools in the past. I had some relationships with them and, and I'd done some videos over the years. So I realized there was an opportunity there. And I also realized that the way in which they were presenting themselves a lot more professionally these days, there was an opportunity for us to, to work with them. And they were in the business of making videos. They, they have content going out, um, you know, regularly throughout the year. So there was an opportunity to really uh, connect with them. So 
but at the same time as I was focusing on that niche, I was also focusing on the export market. I was also uh, looking at corporates. I was looking at local businesses to my area here in, in Sydney. Um, so I was, I was playing with a few different areas at the same time. What happened was this private, sector, uh, this private school niche bubbled to the top. And so that's then when I started to focus more and more on that. And then I developed this range of um, uh, video partner packages, which was I was able to offer them rather than having these conversations about which video and then doing a quote and then, you know, arguing about the quote, not arguing, but discussing the, the, the quote and then finally getting that approved. I came up with these, part, these packages where they could just sign up for the whole year. They could say, right, we're going to get six videos this year. We'll pay this much a month. Great. Or we'll get 12 or we'll get 20 or we'll get 40. And that made it great for me. I had this continuity of business. Mm. Um, I had this continuity of, of cash flow, and um, I had happy clients. What really amazed me about it though, Warwick, was how easy it was to sell. So I had these clients saying, yeah, great, we'll do this, we'll do that. You know, I had one who um, said, oh, we want to make a, um, uh, a fundraising video. I said, great, no problem. By the way, this is the packages we're offering other schools. It's making it easier for them to create videos more often, more regularly, more cost-effectively. Is that something you'd be interested? They had a look and they said, okay, well, we'll go with six. So that went from a conversation of one video to six. And I thought, wow, that was easy. <laughs> so I then got in touch with the other schools. So I already had a few schools sign up at that point. I then got in touch with about 10 of them. I sent out some emails and said, hey, just letting you know, I'm working with a few schools using these packages. They found it really useful and helpful. Thought I'd let you know in case you were interested. And two of those then said, yep, we'll, we'll do it as well. So, um, and that meant like last year, it was just a really great year. I've just had, um, you know, constant cash flow, continuity of work. And, as, you know, it's my 25th year of business. And I felt like, wow, it's taken me a long time to get <laughs> to that point. And, uh, yeah, I just wanted to, um, I guess, share that with the, with the audience. Because I just think when you've got that clarity of, um, of who your market is, it just makes everything so much easier. And it also means you know who to call next because yeah. you're clear on who's out there. When you're thinking, oh, I'm, I'm everything to everyone, it means nothing to no one. And it's really hard to find out, well, where will I get my next job from? Whereas for me, I've got a database of, of ideal clients that I can then talk to. Uh, the other thing I'm doing is I'm now partnering with other suppliers to this industry who are also dealing with my clients, but with, you know, competitive or with non-competitive uh, products. So we talk to each other about, well, you know, who do you need to get introduced to? Who can I introduce you to? And we're helping each other because we're, we're both dealing with, you know, we're all dealing with the same, same client. How uh, much of an issue is the feeling of competition between your clients? Like, do they care that you're doing it with other schools? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Um. It's, it's a little, yeah, no, it's, it's a relevant, it's a relevant point. Um, you've got that balance between you've got credibility because you're working in the sector and you're trusted by other people. So other people are buying your services. So therefore you're a safe bet to go with, um, you know, with these other well-respected brands within the industry. Um, but the other thing is, you know, we've got to be, uh, it, it's actually, uh, we've got to obviously be very, um, uh, careful with the the knowledge we share around with you know what we're doing with with different schools they often will get to see productions that have been produced and then you'll you'll have one client say well that's that's better than one you did for us can you do you know we, we need you to do better one just so, put our logo at the front of that one <laughs> change the uniforms all good um but the challenge there for us is actually quite a uh an exciting creative one where we've got to keep 
topping ourselves. We've got to keep coming up with a better solution, a more creative idea for the next school that we haven't done for anybody else. So even though there's, you know, a whole lot of boarding school videos or, or performing arts videos, we've got to think, okay, well, how do we, how do we change the narrative? How do we change the concept to make this one completely different to any one that we've made before? Yeah. Cause so I would imagine it's, it's that exciting. as an industry, they would sort of compete each other against each other, but also be very close. There'd be a lot of collaboration between them. So like any industry, people talk, you know, they're going to have friends who used to work at this school now work at that school. So to remain to, to, as you say, keep upping the ante on yourself and doing it differently and doing it better. And, and, and not just, it's, you, you could not do a cookie cutter approach across each school. No, no, and you, and, and but that comes down to any production. You do need to uh, understand the the voice of the client. You know what sort of um, image and brand they want to represent. Some are, are very you know traditional. Some are you know a lot more creative and a lot more you know energetic about what they want to do. So yeah. you, ha- you have to match that. Uh, but in regards to the industry, there's there is actually an association for these marketing managers and the fundraising managers, which is ideal for me because this is my you know, this is the pool of all the people I need to talk to. And over about the last four or five years, I've been able to get more and more involved with them. And that's been a great, um, a great way to, to develop the market. So I'd recommend to anybody, if they are looking to niche, um, because it does make a lot of sense, you do get to, um, you know, save your time and use your time well when you're doing it. Uh, see if there's an association that's suitable for that, that's got your ideal um, clients and then perhaps sponsor them or just become a member if you can um, and get more involved, go to networking events and that sort of thing. Um, and, and you'll find this, you know, you just by mingling with the people, you, the opportunities start to start to come up. Yeah. Hey, um, with getting your, your clients to sign up to an annual uh, program, so to speak, that's really beating the odds of that feast and famine that, that the business typically has. You do the marketing and then you get the business and then you haven't done the marketing and then you don't have any business. So you're going to go and do it again. What did that coaster. mean for your business and for you personally to be able to uh, just have this guaranteed income coming in every month, 12 months of the year? What did, what did that actually mean to you to have that? Uh, it, it meant that last year was, you know, a really successful financial year, but, um, a really uh, business easy year. You know, I, I had more time, um, I had more clarity, and you know, uh, it was it was a um, it it just yeah helps things flow. It really does um, uh, just. But yeah, it, it's really the first year that I haven't had the roller coaster ride. You know, of you know being too busy to market, and then the job's gone, and then having to market again to get the next next pile of work in. So if you can get clients onto an, uh, a subscription model, it's a, it's a great, great win. How important, I, I know you've written one book, you've got another book coming out and you're considering writing a novel. How important has it been for you to have that book to be, has, has that helped you be seen as an authority on the industry? Yeah, absolutely. So I wrote that about six years ago, five or six years ago. And it was at the time, it was, it was great timing because I'd been running my business for about 20 years at that point, 19 years. And there wasn't a lot of video production companies out there. There was, you know, there was a few established ones like ours. But um, in the last five or six years, they've, you know, it, it's, everyone's a video producer these days and it's just popped up. So I was able to position myself at the start of the wave to say, hey, listen, I've been doing this a while. I know my stuff. Here's a book on everything you need to know if you want to make your own videos. 
Um, and I've got a great story of one, one client who rang me up and said, oh, look, uh, I've got your book, but I've, I've just got to be honest with you, I haven't read it. And I said, well, that, that's okay. Appreciate you buying it. That's nice. Um, and he said, but I've got a, um, a job coming up and I'm wondering if you're, if you're interested. It's, it's a $25,000 budget. You know, would you, be, you know, would you be interested in that? And I'm like, well, yeah, I'd be interested in that. So I went, sure. So I went and met with him. And uh, we had a chat about what was, it was a government agency. And he said, oh, look, because of the budget, I've got to go and get three more quotes. I said, well, okay, fair enough. And then I asked what I thought was a really good question. I said, so what do I need to do to, to win the quote? What are you looking for in a winning, in a winning bid? Um, and he said, well, well, I know you can do it because you're published. And I thought, but you haven't read the book. <laughs> and it was, it was just a classic of, you know, the power of being a published author. You know, people, it, it bestows credibility. Um, authority and um, you know it's been really it's been really useful it's opened a lot of doors uh, it's a great way to impress clients when you go to a meeting for the first time you hand them a copy of your book uh, and the book is not about sales it's very much about the credibility so you know I give it away more than sell it um, and yeah it just it just builds that profile Fantastic. Hey, Jeff, uh, to wrap things up, I'm sure there's some people who are listening who want to know what are some of the, the, the basic key things I need to do if I want to start shooting videos on my phone and loading it to social media. What would be, say, the top three things you'd recommend to them if they're going to be doing their own videos? Um, <laughs> sorry, a pet hate of mine is, is I hate vertical videos, but I, I think I'm just like... Can I tell you, old. I am with you on that. There's a couple of people who do vertical videos and I just want to slap them in the face. I don't know what it is, but I'm just like, landscape. You go to the movies, it's in landscape. You watch TV, it's in landscape. You go, you know, landscape um, mode, people. I feel like I'm, I'm trying to hold the tide back, though. I just think, you know, Instagram TV have come out now and they're all vertical videos. And I think, yeah, well, I'm, I'm sounding like an old man now where I'm trying to trying to push people back on that but yeah look I'm, got, I'm 50 i'm happy to be that grumpy old bugger like i tell <laughs> you it's just like nah i want i want to have horizontal videos it just it's easy for me to watch look it's it's interesting times where because i used to say to people like the biggest problem you have with video is audio um and you've got to make sure you've got a, a good um audio situation set up so whether you're using a microphone that's plugged into your phone or whether you're filming in a, in a quiet enough um, location and the camera is close enough to you that it can be heard um, clearly that's really important but having said that these days 85 percent of videos on social media are watched mute so that even is becoming you know less critical so having captions on your audio is probably more important um, framing try and put the head at the top of the frame um, try and keep the camera steady and, and just be clear on what your message are. Oh, uh, probably a really important thing is getting to your point really quickly. Get to the message straight away. Don't waffle. Don't ramble. Uh, of course, if you're doing you know, a Facebook Live thing, then you kind of have to wind it up a little bit to get people on board to, to watch it. But, yeah, keep it, um, keep it steady. Uh, lighting, make sure you know, you're, you're not silhouetted so you're on some witness protection scheme. Um, and, uh, yeah, just um, and bring energy to it. Uh, the camera really dampens your energy. So you really do need to perform when you're uh, in front of a camera. Fantastic. Hey, Jeff, thanks for that. And great having a chat with you today. If people want to get in touch and find out more, get a copy of your book or find out more about, and I, I know you've got some free tips on video on your website as well as a Udemy program. If people want to get in touch, what's the best way to do that? Yeah, just go to sonicsite.com.au. That's S-O-N-I-C-S-I-G-H-T. .com.au. And yeah, I've got some um, lists there that are really uh, useful for people. So 30 types of videos that you can make to build your business. 
30 ways to maximize your video for return on investment, and importantly, 30 ways to share your videos. So they're, they're all free downloads. Um, and the beauty of that last one, 30 ways to share your videos, is what I see a lot of people doing is they, they think they've made their video and the job's done. And the reality is that's step one. Step two is then get people to watch your video. So it's no good just putting it on a website and thinking, great, I've done my video now, ring, phone, you know, <laughs> download. You need to share it on social media. You need to put in your email signature. You need to show it at live events. You need to reshare it. Yeah. Get other people to share it on your behalf. All sorts of ways to make sure that you actually get some value out of the video once it's been produced. Yeah, that concept of if you build it, they will come is such a fallacy. Uh, you, you know, as you say, you build it now, get it out there, let everyone know. Yeah, absolutely. You can't be shy about it. And don't think because you've shared it once that the job is done. You know, think about the number of times you see something come up on a feed and you don't watch it that time or the thing, you know, you, all the things you don't see on a feed because you're not on at that time. So yeah. don't be shy in repeating it. Finding another way. I was just talking to a client this morning who's got a, um, a production that we've made for them. And there's about five pain points that they talk about at the beginning of the video. I said, well, he says, oh, how do we share this? I said, well, what you do is you talk about that one pain point and then say, here's, here's a video. And then the next day or the next week, you talk about another pain point. So one of those pain points hopefully will um, resonate with people. Fantastic. Hey, Jeff, thanks again for your time. It's been great chatting to you. You're most welcome, Warwick. Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of the Get More Success Show. I look forward to your company next time. Thanks for listening to the Get More Success Show with Warwick Merry. Continue the conversation with other successful people over at getmoresuccess.com. That's where you'll find all the show notes as well as a link to our Facebook group that we'd love for you to join. Getmoresuccess.com is also where you'll find all the information you need to connect with me, your host, Warwick Merry. Thanks for listening, and until next time, enjoy your success.